Hi, I'm Vincent Andrasani, and this is episode 29 of The Place of Sound. Thanks very much for tuning in to this episode, and thanks also to those who've been following along through the last few episodes of the show. For those who happen to be listening in for the first time, The Place of Sound is a show that explores the theme of space, or the social geography, using sound and listening. We do so through a variety of audio media production formats, so you can expect to do a few different types of listening in a single show. Episodes consist of what we refer to as audio portraits, or oral history-style interviews that explore the topic of home. Soundscape compositions, which use everyday sounds to communicate the personal and social significance of a given place. And we typically end the episode with a short documentary-style piece that explores the place-based identity of the producer. The aim with these particular projects is to allow the producer to think about the places that made them who they are today. These are the types of projects you can expect to hear on The Place of Sound. And in this episode, all of them were produced by students here at Carleton University. They're what gets produced in Comms 4501, Digital Media Production, which is a fourth-year workshop course in the Communication and Media Studies program. Before we listen to the projects, I want to take a moment to work through a couple of quick notes. The first of which is a reflection on Urban Imaginaries, a local community engagement project developed out of a collaboration between Carleton University's School of Industrial Design, the Communication and Media Studies program, and Ottawa Coffee House Arlington 5. The project's aim is to reimagine the city, what it is, what it does, and who we are as the individuals and communities that inhabit it. The project has been unfolding since February and it came to a close not long ago on the 7th and 8th of May. The event that brought it to a close was the Urban Imaginaries Festival, which took place alongside the Arlington Art Market. Arlington at Bank Street in front of Arlington 5 was closed to automobile traffic for much of the day to showcase the work of local artists, as well as the work produced in association with the Urban Imaginaries project. I had the pleasure of recently speaking with Susan Johnston about the Urban Imaginaries project, what it accomplished, and where we hope that it goes moving forward. Susan is the producer and host of the show Friday Special Blend, which airs on CKCU-FM on, you guessed it, Friday mornings. In this interview, we also touched on a host of other topics like sound walking, sound studies research, and community initiatives like urban walking tours. For more, tune into that episode, which will be aired very soon. And to learn more about the Urban Imaginaries Project, check out urbanimaginaries.com or follow along on Instagram using the handle at Urban Imaginaries. 
And the second note is about a new documentary podcast series produced by Megan Linton, an Ottawa-based researcher and disability justice activist. The series is called Invisible Institutions, and it explores the injustices of large-scale state institutions and their effects on those who are labeled with intellectual and developmental disabilities. So far, there are four episodes in the series, each of which opens up a different chapter about the history of institutionalization in Canada, showing the ways that this history still very much shapes our present. It's a timely production in light of the pandemic, and it raises questions about the ways that we care or don't for the most vulnerable people in our society. The following is a trailer for the series, which is available wherever you get your podcasts. To learn more about it, check out invisibleinstitutions.com or follow them on Twitter using the handle at INV Institutions. I have prison pen pals, and there's more similarities between my living situation and the living situation in a prison institution. It was like a prison. And I know that sounds hyperbolic, but it was. We were basically locked in our rooms, completely alone. Introducing Invisible Institutions, a new documentary podcast exploring the horrors of large-scale state institutions for people labeled with intellectual and developmental disabilities in Canada. The host and creator, Megan Linton, is a researcher and disability justice activist investigating the unreported and invisibilized horrors of the institutional system. Join her on her journey to the grounds of current and former institutions, including interviews with survivors, community activists, and experts, as they work together to expose the exploitation, isolation, resistance, and survival facing people labeled with disabilities. Find Invisible Institutions wherever you get your podcasts. Coming February 2022. Okay, on to the projects. In this episode, we'll listen to an audio portrait, a soundscape composition, and an audio documentary. Three projects in total. The first project is an audio portrait by Chris Lee titled Home is a Phonograph. The piece consists of an interview between Chris and her friend Shanyi Lee who discusses what home means to her. For Shanyi, home is the city of Beijing, which holds a special place in her memory. And to stay connected to it, Shanyi spends a lot of time communicating with her parents through instant messaging or video chat. She'll tell you all about it. The second project is a soundscape composition by Tian Ki Yi titled Comforting Composition. 
In it, Chan takes us with her to a series of locations in her neighborhood that are important to her, while using the soundscape to explore the meaning of each of these locations and the community more broadly. And the final project is an audio documentary by Sophie Marvel titled Girl with a Dream. This is a fantastic piece in which Sophie explores the importance of moving to Ottawa as a young adult and how she's been able to ground herself in the city by capturing it in photographs. Sophie's an excellent photographer and her piece tells a captivating and I'm sure very relatable story for many listeners. So stay tuned for it at the end of this episode. Also, Sophie's project makes use of live original music by Gab Steed. Okay, let's begin with Chris's audio portrait titled, Home is a Phonograph. Chris, over to you. Hi guys, my name is Jianning Li. Thanks for listening to my project. I'm a fourth-year communication media honors student at Carleton University, and I'm doing a sound portrait to tell a story about the concept of home. I interviewed my best friend Tian Yili to talk about her definition of home, especially when she is mostly away from home. Home for me is like a phonograph. This victor will record all the happy and unhappy things that happen. When we miss home, we can find the record of memory from my, our mind and play it at any time. Even when we separate it, the warmth of the home will remain all the time. As for me, my home is in Beijing and I have lived there for already 21 years. There are four members in my family, my parents, me and our dog Lucky. To be honest, my family is just ordinary and warm. We have a WeChat group, even though we don't always have much contact. We also share things about our life in this group chat. For example, my father always sends some photos about his lunch every noon, and my mother often shares some articles or a short video about fitness regime. Sometimes we also talk about interesting things or just some funny things in our own life via the video call or the direct typing. I believe this group chat is also part of the home phonograph. Although it is all about the little things in our life, but every time when I see it, I will feel very warm. It made me feel that the family is always closely connected. Even though we are not under the same roof, we know that we are thinking of each other. But from time to time, we also have some argument. For instance, my father's hobby is playing mahjong. When he stayed up late at night, playing mahjong with his friends and come back home very late, my mother often gets angry with him and accused him of neglecting house. At this time, he will make a superficial guarantee that he will not go there again. But we'll go to play again in a week. Whenever the 
Quarrel. I will have a lot of negative emotion. Think why the family cannot live a happy life. But I also don't know how to persuade. However, when I live home for a really long time, I can't help but feel sad. At that time, all the things that happen at home often emerge in my mind. I find that in addition to the happy things. The things of fighting between my parents also come to my mind, but like a phonograph, once again everything seems so sweet. It makes me feel at home and feel very secure. I guess that may be the beauty of home. Good afternoon. My name is Ken Kee, a first-year student of communication and media. Through this project, I amplify the sounds around me in daily life, which is a good way for me to listen to myself and everything around me. Also, refresh the perception of sound and improve my editing style of multi-track recording. Hope you can enjoy my work. Thank you. It's all started with the newly opened restaurant in my community, where is where I live. I invite my neighbors and classmates to enjoy the brunch. It's 1 p.m. on November 8, 2021, and everything you can hear and feel today will be around of my community. Always thought that my community like a beautiful and delicious restaurant. Just at the beginning of this year, a new restaurant and cafe opened in my community. I began to enjoy chatting with my neighbors in this restaurant, enjoying the sound of coffee brewing, enjoy the knives and forks clashing, and enjoy a lively atmosphere. I opened the door and was greeted by the roll of the plane after saying goodbye to my friend. It's much quieter outside the restaurant. Usually, there are not many people working in the community at this time. But there is no escaping the wind and the noise that comes with the renovation. At this point, I immediately arrive at the small supermarket near my home, where I usually buy some snacks before going home. The bill at the supermarket door to welcome customers somehow disappeared, and I was greeted only by the background music in the supermarket. To me, the bill has always been the defining song of the supermarket and even for my community.
rather surprised that the recording made me feel that there were many customers in the supermarket, but I still remember that there were only two customers that day. Can we analyze the environment by a single sense? I don't think so now. 1, 3, 9, 9, 这部电影讲述了我如何寻找平安与快乐在哈尔滨，在一段非常艰难的时期。在我的童年里，我从来没有被接纳，并且从来没有被尊重。我发现平安在哈尔滨，并且从而拍摄城市的从我的相机里。故事开始于我的家乡哈尔滨，并且从我的相机里拍摄城市。这部电影讲述了我如何寻找平安与快乐在哈尔滨，并且从而拍摄城市。故事开始于我的家乡哈尔滨，并且从我的相机里拍摄城市。My journey to Ottawa begins with a little girl and a dream. My dream was to escape my small town and become a writer. I wanted to travel, write, and learn as much as I could. I knew that my small town in southwestern Ontario restricted me from being able to pursue some of this, and I knew moving away was going to happen. At this point, I didn't know it would be Ottawa, but I'm glad it was. I started to dream big from a young age. My parents always influenced me to dream big, and I took after them. They met in Italy and then lived in Spain for a few years. Later, they had my brother and I in England. After our adventure in England was over, we moved to Belgium. I had always been exposed to many different people and things, and I got to experience all sorts of cultures. I think this is what sparked my curiosity and love of learning. When I was five, we moved to Richtown, Ontario, a very small town that is known for their love of agriculture and farming. I honestly don't know what brought us here, but it wasn't anything like the other places I had lived in. Growing up, I had this feeling that I didn't quite fit into the mold of Richtown. Richtown embodied small town ideas, and everyone knew everyone. I could walk down the street and tell you who lived where and who they were related to. I think there were a total of a hundred people at the local high school. I remember one of the special days they had was a tractor day, where students drove their tractors to school. The town was so small you could walk from one end to the other in 20 minutes. There were two options for work as a teenager: the local grocery store, Foodland, and Tim Hortons. I chose Foodland, where I worked for two years. When I worked there, I remember people asking me what I would do after high school, and I'd say move far away and become a writer. I was always made fun of for romanticizing my world and what I could accomplish. I knew as soon as I could, I would be moving far away.
moved to Ridgetown from Belgium because um, I had reached a point in my career where I could retire early from the military. And within the military, you move around a lot. So the main reason we moved to Ridgetown was to provide a stable home life for um, Sophie and Andrew. The other reason we moved to Ridgetown is because your Nana was here and we hardly ever saw her and she was here on her own without any family close by because your uncle lived in the US. So we moved here and we settled in here. Ridgetown's a, a lovely, quiet place. It's very friendly. And, uh, but you know, there's part of us that uh, we used to do lots of traveling and traveling around the world. So um, many people in Ridgetown know each other, their families are related to each other, and um, they've grown up together, friends and family, all their lives. And so coming from outside of Ridgetown was a little bit strange for us, and it took us uh, a little while to get used to it, And um, because she didn't have other close family uh, close by. It um, was a little bit harder for you guys because you, you didn't have the cousins and the aunts and the uncles that everybody else in Bridgetown does. And also because we'd been traveling all over the world, um, it's not really quite like people from Bridgetown are, so we're used to traveling a lot. But that said, Ridgetown's a good place where you can go to Detroit or go to Toronto, visit the cities and travel and use that as a base to travel all over the world from here. So it's a nice, quiet, stable place. Um, and that's why we, we kind of loved it here. It was stable for you. But also there's a part of us that's the traveler in us that uh, also wishes we... Uh, um, uh, we're somewhere else like all of the time so that's why we moved here that's why we don't quite fit in here as uh, implants kind of thing or transplants um, but we achieved our, our, our goal in terms of we gave our, our, our kids a house that they can look back at later on in life and say that's where I grew up with friends that they grew up with and um, and a good basis to then basically move other places and explore the world and achieve their dreams. I was 17, I started photography. I quickly realized it wasn't just a hobby, it was a passion, a source of creativity. I could capture not only moments, but people's true selves in a matter of a few clicks. It brought me so much joy that when I could combine the art of writing and photography, I'd find myself writing photo journals. I kept these for the remainder of high school, continuing to take more photos. This was my space. This is where I could be myself without judgment. This is how I knew I was meant to study media, and I began my journey to find my future home where I could learn all about media and its intricacies. When I was 18, I traveled to different cities in search of a new home. 
I toured campuses such as Brock and St. Catharines, Western in London, and Ottawa U in Ottawa. None of these places felt like they were meant for me. I toured Carleton, and from the moment I stepped foot on the campus, I just knew it was meant for me. I couldn't explain it. It was intangible. It could have been the beautiful views, the buildings that clustered closely, or the atmosphere of the campus that brought an overwhelming sense of safety and coziness. I could tell that Carleton would be a good place for me, so I made the decision to accept my offer at Carleton and move to Ottawa. I enjoyed Ottawa because it was pretty far, but not too far that I could never go and see my family. While I lived in Ottawa, my life has shaped to be what I had pictured. I got to study my dream program while pursuing photography and working an amazing job in my field. For a while, it felt like nothing could bring me down, until of course, the pandemic. I had to move home for a few months and learn how to be okay in a small town again for an extended period of time. It really sucked, and it was very hard for me to move away from my home in Ottawa, which had taken me so long to create. I felt so separated and lonely. I couldn't see anyone or do anything, and I felt like I had gone right back to the start. But, of course, I hadn't. I resumed my life in Ottawa a few months later, and things seemed to be going okay. We all got used to the pandemic life. Everyone adapted pretty well. I got to live with my friends and be in my favorite city again. Although online learning was hard, I couldn't complain that much about wearing PJs to class. Now, I'm in my final year at Carleton. It feels like just yesterday I was touring schools uncertain of where I'd end up. This year has been a roller coaster of events. I thought heartbreak was bad, but losing my friends in my home was worse. I couldn't seem to be okay anymore living in a home that didn't feel like home. So, I packed up and I left. I took everything I owned and I moved. I now live with my family friends who have known me since I was a child in Belgium. Their comfort has helped me rebuild my idea of home in this city. I'm lucky to have them. Without them, I'd be shrinking into a bedroom that no longer served me. It's been pretty cool getting to hang out with them again. They reminded me of what it was like to feel safe in the city that I loved most. Feeling safe again has reminded me why I fell in love with Ottawa to begin with. It's copious green spaces, city views, exciting activities like skating on the canal, and areas to explore have reminded me that there's so much out there. Being a photographer, there's so much to capture. For a while, living in Ottawa reminded me of home, somewhere that felt bitter and small. As I slowly rebuild my relationship with this city, I realize there are so many people out there and so many reasons for me to stay. So Ottawa, my journey has been difficult, but it always comes back to you. While there have been times I felt lonely and as though I could wither away in anxiety, I feel safe with you. That little girl with a dream is still here and she's doing everything and anything she can to be heard and seen. She will achieve so much more than she could have ever imagined and can't wait to see where life will take her next. Thank you, Ottawa.
Thanks very much for tuning in to this episode of The Place of Sound. But before I sign off, a couple of quick notes. A reminder that what we've listened to here on this show is only a fraction of the work produced in association with this project. If you're interested in checking out more, have a look at theplaceofsound.ca, where you're not only able to hear this audio work, but also see some of the original photos and the writing that students produce to go along with the audio. There's also a featured work section on the site's blog where you can access some notable individual projects. And in the classes section, you can have a look into the portfolio websites designed by students themselves, which host every project produced in the course. And lastly, under the listen link, you're able to access the show's archive and listen back to any episode of the show you'd like to hear. But in the meantime, keep your ear out for upcoming episodes of the show which air on CKCU Radio every other Monday at 6.30 p.m. Until next time, thanks for listening to The Place of Sound.